0: As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. There's no crying in baseball! I ate his liver with some father-beatiness. I skinned. That was totally wicked! If I can change, and you can change, everybody can
1: change! Oh. Hey, welcome to another episode of Your Next Favorite Movie. I'm your host, Joshi. And today, I am joined by journalist Ashley Rose Nova. Welcome to the show.
0: Hey, how's it going? Uh, it's good to be here. Yeah, yeah. So, I
1: know you. I know you do at least wrestling-wise, but I don't know. I know you do some others. I know you have a blog. So why don't you talk a little bit about what all you write about?
0: Uh, I've been in wrestling media for over six years. Um, I write, you know, I very rarely write reviews. I do a lot like uh, history stuff, uh, analytics, basically boring stuff in wrestling media. I don't do scoops. Um, sometimes I do news. It really varies what it is in what year of my career. I also stream, I do have a personal blog now. So thanks for pointing that out. Mainly I do a lot of impact wrestling interviews and covering impact now. So that's the only wrestling media that I handle now. And I also do esports, uh, fighting game community stuff.
1: All right, sounds good. So this was just one of those random things where I saw you say something about your favorite movie, and when I see that, sometimes I'll just ask the person, do you want to come on and talk about it? And you said yes, yeah. so here we are.
0: Yeah, I'm totally cool with it, man. Uh, if you've been following me, you know, a while, everyone knows I always talk about different things i talk about movies i talk about uh music video games anime pretty much whatever but yeah that is how you reached out to me liz because of my favorite movie one of my favorite right. movies.
1: right right so and that's where we're going back stanley kubrick's a clockwork orange
0: Here is what critics are saying about Stanley Kubrick's A Clockwork Orange. Vincent Canby of the New York Times wrote, It is brilliant, a tour de force of extraordinary images, music, words and feelings. A Clockwork Orange is so beautiful to look at and to hear that it dazzles the senses and the mind. Judith Christ has called it the number one film of the year. She said, Stanley Kubrick's A Clockwork Orange stands as a stunningly original work, even as it does full justice to Anthony Burgess's novel. It is in his total vision that Kubrick's mastery of every phase of his art is displayed in bravura style. And now, the New York Film Critics have given A Clockwork Orange their award as Best Film of the Year, and have named Stanley Kubrick Best Director of the Year. Stanley Kubrick's A Clockwork Orange from Warner Brothers is rated
1: X, under 17, not admitted. All right, so why don't you tell us when you first saw Clockwork Orange?
0: Well, it's a little unconventional. <laughs> uh, the first time I saw a Clockwork Orange, uh, I probably shouldn't have seen it, but I did. I was 17 in high school when I first saw a Clockwork Orange. Very uh, not the norm of a film for people to like to begin with. It is a kind of a unique subculture and group, I would say, that's into A Clockwork Orange. But I would say roughly around there. And, you know, for everyone, I didn't read any of the questions. I'm sorry, Josh. (laughs) (laughs) So we're kind of, I'm kind of winging it here. But yeah, that's roughly around the time. I also, you know, enjoy other movies. And I'm, in general, I'm a Kubrick's fan in general. But Clockwork Orange is probably one of my favorite. It is one of my favorite movies, but at the same time, it's like not my first Kubrick's film. My first uh, first Kubrick's film I ever saw was The Shining. That's one. Yeah. Introduction, I think.
1: Right. Yeah, I would would agree with that. Okay. So you talked about it's unconventional for people to like this. So what is it you like about it? What is it that draws you to this movie?
0: As far as with that movie, uh, storytelling. Uh, the visual presentation of it, uh, not necessarily you know what the story is about, as far as what I mean visual storytelling. I mean the aspects of how it's filmed, uh, the vibrance of the colors that are used to narrate this completely violent story that kind of turns into something different. The, inhum- uh, the inhumane aspects of trying to control humanity, if what something is right or if something's wrong when it comes to a person, the ability to lose freedom of choice.
1: All right. So I'm glad you brought that up. Cause it's actually for anyone that hasn't seen this, tell them what a clockwork orange is about.
0: Well, a clockwork orange is based off of a small book. Let's start that there uh, about a teenage boy that is really how do we say this politely, without saying certain words that you can't say on YouTube? Uh, very into uh, violence, highly articulate. His young is a, a leader of his gang. We'll describe it that way, and they get into a lot of uh, a lot of trouble. Uh, the main character does get caught. He is set up by his gang, of course which they're called drukes in the Correct. book. Yep. They are called drukes, and they're also called drukes in the film, because it's a mixture of two languages, uh, which is created Natsat. So, at that point, he does, you know, go to prison. He does get charged with murder. And that is the beginning of the full story, which leads into what the title is, A Clockwork Orange. It is basically described mechanical, someone to be not free-willed in an organic state, which is an orange. So that's where the title comes from. And basically, he goes through a series of experimental testing to control his violent urges. That's that's the basis of the whole story. I guess I guess that's a good way to describe it.
1: Oh yeah, I completely agree with that. So that so you have you are familiar with the book. You've read the book.
0: I have read the book. Yes, I have uh, numerous times. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, I thought the thing interesting about the book was that it had its own glossary in the back so that you could understand everything. All right, so we don't go into complete spoilery detail on this show. So I'm going to ask this question since you didn't look at the questions, so you're you're going to have a hard time coming up with this on the fly probably, but if you had been able to get a sequel to this, what would you like? to Well, actually, in a way, it kind of sets it up at the end where a sequel could go. But where would you take a sequel if you got to put it in the 70s? Not like now, not a or if you wanted to bring it forward to do one now all these years later, that'd be up to you.
0: Well, it always intrigued me that they never really used the 21st chapter in the book from the book to the movie, which is where Alex decides he wants to grow up, have, you know, well, he's already an adult, like a, a young adult in the book. But in the aspect of the film They never show it. It's just, it stops before the 21st chapter. So if I wanted to do a sequel or wanted a sequel, I would want it to start towards the end of the 21st chapter as in how his child would be. And would he be similar? And is he similar? And he probably will be.
1: that That makes sense. You're right. I always forget that. There was another chapter I've only read the book once. So I haven't gone back to the book very often, but All right. So now we go to the next part. And this is the part that I don't know. This would be a hard one to do. But if they were to remake this film, who would you put in some of these roles?
0: Oh, man.
1: (laughs) That's why I send the question. So you have time to think about this. kind of No, no,
0: no. It's it's fine. Um, You know, even if thinking about it, it would take me a while if we were talking about maybe like a few years ago, I would say like uh, Paul Bettany as Alex. That would be my pick. Um, because I saw him in um, Gangster Number no. One with Malcolm McDowell, and I thought that the transition between the both of them was very like close. If we're talking now, I would go with uh, probably one of the guards in that role.
1: Okay, yeah, probably. Would you go? I, I guess if you're gonna go young, you gotta go Bill, right? Yeah, you gotta, yeah, go, you gotta go with Bill.
0: I think Bill would would totally crush it, completely crush it, man. And the rest of the casting, you know, it could be anyone.
1: Yeah, yeah. You really just got to get Alex. The background
0: (laughs) characters at the end of the day, they're just part of the story. But yeah, that's who I would probably go with. We're probably going to go with Bill. And I honestly can't think of anyone else that would be solid for that role.
1: So do you think this movie could be remade in this time? Let me ask that question, because that's a tough one, I think.
0: With the way the world is currently and the way media is intaked, I think it could be remade. However, there's going to be a lot of things cut out. and be, Just because it was, the film when it came out at the time was a very controversial film. It was banned in a lot of places. Some places couldn't even get the film, so much so that they were making their own similar versions in different countries. So, if it It is a possibility for it to get remade. However, it would be highly edited and censored, I think, even to this day. I I still think that that movie um, still triggers a lot of people in a way. I
1: can't disagree with that at all. So, all right. Getting here. I want you to give one final pitch to someone who hasn't seen this on why they should take a chance on this movie and give it a shot. A
0: final pitch? (laughs) I <laughs> uh, have you ever heard of this film <laughs> what film a clockwork orange you ever heard of this a young man who is wiser beyond his years and do you and why would you not want to see the most controversial film of that decade with beautiful scenery beautiful cinematography from one of The greatest directors of all time stanley kubrick's that's as good as i can do it
1: hey i mean (laughs) i think that works there you go
0: all right
1: i normally keep these pretty short and to the point so why don't you tell everybody where they can find you online direct them to your work so they can actually check it all out all the good stuff
0: yeah well you can go to uh twm plus uh that is twm.news it's a uh, originally a wrestling website that turned into also an addition of pop culture. You can find me at my website at rose-nova.com. You can find everything I've done, well almost everything because a lot of the sites that I used to work for closed down. But you can find the majority of my work there. You can find my stream there. you can find my blog there. you can find my merchandise there. You can find uh, interviews I've done and as well as articles. Let's see. What else? Um, you can find me on Twitter. A Rose uh, CP, uh, Charlie Papa Echo. So that's Culture Plus Entertainment. Uh, same thing with Instagram. You can find me on Slasher TV as well. So that's all on there. And if you ever have any questions, just, just tweet at me. I usually answer pretty rapidly or the best that I can. Do you have any questions for me in general? Being that the movie, we, we talked to them about the movie short. Uh, briefly
1: yeah that's, that's pretty much how this goes these are some of them are longer than others but some of them are short that's, that's pretty much it I just want to comment is that Darcy sitting in the background
0: yes it is oh, awesome.
1: that's the girl from Fright Rags
0: yeah yeah I got the, the bundle just oh here. yeah
1: ma- makes sense
0: yeah well because they sold it in a bundle you know yes it is oh my god I am obsessed with
1: this movie <laughs> that is awesome
0: I was like gotta support my girl
1: there. Hey. I, I don't blame you. I, I, I didn't pull the trigger. I thought about it. I remember seeing them go on sale. I've actually had been the owner of Fright Rags on the show a couple of times. So Oh really? Yeah.
0: Yeah, they got some cool stuff there, you know. I also have the shirts there, uh from there and I also have a couple of like horror shirts that they released, but they're like limited. So yeah. yeah. I do shop there too. Yeah. I shop at a lot of random places, <laughs> so yeah. I do shop there. But yeah, uh, like I said, if you have any additional questions, I do not mind answering them. If it's not just about the movie, I'm totally cool with it.
1: No, nah, nah, I mean, what? Okay, I'll just ask you about how you got into the wrestling. Did you just grow up a wrestling fan?
0: Well, I grew up in pro wrestling, but actually I was originally a comic book artist. Really? Yeah, uh, I kind of got into wrestling media by accident how does that I want to hear that story. How does okay. that work? Okay, so uh I went to I went to art school first of all. Uh, graduated everything. Uh I graduated with graphic design and sequential art. So sequential art, if no one knows what that is, that basically means I'm a that's a fancy term for I draw comic book panels and panels for films. That's all that means. That's literally what that is. My graphic design degree was because I was working in trying to learn lettering, comic book lettering, and they use a lot of graphic design, like uh, programs. Like they use like Adobe, like they don't necessarily they use Illustrator, the majority of them. So I was kind of transitioning into that, and I worked in I had a basic graphics job too after I graduated college, and I was doing a uh indie horror comics um at the time I just went under Ashley Rose because that was just common so I did a lot of indie comics like anthologies for like web comics and stuff like that and um I just penciled and I had my own anchor after that I kind of got really burnt out very very burnt out um I kind of just stopped delivering pages you know and, and which happens you know it was. It's a tough uh, job, I will say that. Any type of comic book job, believe it or not, it's it's incredibly tough because you have people you have to work with, and it goes through your writer, and then it goes to your editor, and then it just it goes up and down. So a lot of things change. So it was, you know, it was, it was hard for me to get the hang of it when I started. I started pretty decent, and I also did like pinup art, like. Not in the aspect of like pinup model art, but I mean like art that would just go on one solid page in the comic book. Just the standard one-page art is what I did too. That's what I started doing. And I kind of got burnt out and I used to tweet about wrestling a lot too. And uh, my fantasy sports talk, which is not around, but Steve's still around. My fantasy MF Steve, he's still around doing uh, his own thing. Uh, He had a site called My Fantasy Sports Talk uh, that was open for a long time. And he asked me, he's like, hey, you know, I see you talk about wrestling. I see that, you know, that you were uh, into comics and stuff. You want to come and try this writing thing for uh, 205 Live, which is, at the time, an NXT. And I'm like, I mean, I don't think anyone cares about my opinions about wrestling, but yeah. So I'll give it a shot. You know, I'm not drawing anymore. I'm not doing art anymore because, you know, the lifestyle of an artist is difficult. I'm going to be honest with you. It is. I chose that life. So I was like, all right, let's, let's go. So I started there and then gradually I started going into other, like covering other wrestling. And then I switched platforms. I went to Body Slam Net for a long time. And then I went to Steelchair Magazine. So I was printed in, in press in magazine for a while. Then I went to like Daily DDT. And I'm still here, you know. Started learning more, you know, just learning more about everything as far as like entering psychology, uh, ring awareness, the purpose of why, you know, tag team wrestling is set up the way it is, the purpose of tag team wrestling, the purpose of different things so i started educating myself going to listening and watching like seminars from a lot of people in the industry so i expanded my craft and i'm still here <laughs> so now i'm doing impact and i'm doing my own thing like as far as i'm doing like impact interviews for twm rundowns shows like that i'm doing my own thing and i couldn't be happier cool. so that's how i accidentally ended up in wrestling media
1: yeah, that's 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 pretty cool. I actually had on a different guest who would just tweet about horror a lot and ended up getting written in Fangoria from it because Phil Noble Jr. noticed her. So oh really? Yeah. She got to be, she doesn't do much. She's a she's their teen correspondent. She's a teen correspondent for Fangoria.
0: Oh that's Although
1: cool. she's gotta be, she was 19, she's gotta be 20 by now. That was last year. So I don't know if she's gonna still have that job, but
0: <laughs> I don't I know how that knows, works. Man uh you know i've been thinking about like expanding out more into the horror community too because uh, i you know i tweet about horror too and i interact with the community but you know it's i'm doing my own thing now so it's it's kind of like a weird thing to like look back and how i i grew up around wrestling like it it was just something natural to me and like my whole life was like music video games work, wrestling. <laughs> so, here I am, you know.
1: So, like, just everybody in your family liked wrestling? Like, you said you grew up in wrestling. So like...
0: Yeah. My family uh, comes from Mexico, so they are really into, like, Lucha Libra and stuff like that, which, you know, ended up transitioning through, like, my mother, my father. So, I grew up watching wrestling. Like, I can't pinpoint a time frame. Because it was just something I always watched and went to. It was just a family thing we did all the time. Oh, okay. And when I was a child, so.
1: Well, I have a feeling I'm older than you, but I know exactly when I got into wrestling. And that was April of 1996.
0: So. You have a feeling you're older than me. I'm pretty old, dude. Yeah, I
1: don't know about that, but.
0: <laughs> I am. I'm in my 30s. Ah,
1: so am I. So maybe we're closer than I thought, but.
0: Yeah. No, I'm pretty old. It's no, I'm pretty old. <laughs> so, it is what it is, man. But, yeah, that's kind of what my life was all the time. So.
1: I can't say I've stuck with it. I have not been into wrestling for a while. So, I'm not. I didn't even know Impact was still a thing. I remember TNA, but I did not know Impact was still a thing. So
0: Yeah, 20 years.
1: That's crazy. That madman Jeff Jarrett, I tell you.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, we don't. Yeah, don't worry he's not there i heard he was working at at the at the e for uh either production or something it's, it i don't cover it so i don't care but i if i recall in my press chat he's working at the e huh, okay you never know with that man <laughs> never know oh. what he's up to <laughs> good for him though good for him
1: yeah all right let's go wrap this one up you can Follow me at linktr.ee slash ynfmoviepod. That'll have the social media, podcast platforms, YouTube channel, my letterbox, all that stuff. And I'll be back with a new guest and a new movie next week. Until then, you guys take care and I'll talk to you next time.